We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, it's a hump day, home and home, freaking freezing outside. Glad you are inside listening to a radio.com sports original. We are brought, brought to you, excuse me, by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Lot to get to. 930 WFNZ. Former NFL offensive lineman Frank Garcia joins us with the future of Cam Newton. Is it in Chicago? And what about Kyle Allen? Does he like what he's seeing? Obviously more so than I. 10 o'clock. A man named Ryan Sullivan who actually found a correlation between James Harden's road struggles and the strip clubs in selective towns. Who has that much time on their hands? Thank God somebody does. We'll talk Colin Kaepernick and the Kentucky upset at the hands of Evansville. I'm Dave Briggs, home in, in uh, I almost said Kentucky, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania. Ross, a lot to get to. Talk cap in just a sec. But did you see the big boy cartwheel? Ohio playing Western Michigan on a Tuesday night. Hagen Messervie split out wide as a wide receiver, does a cartwheel at the snap. Can you do a cartwheel as a former offensive lineman? And is Tuesday night college football testing your limits of, of your football love? Is it too much? Uh, excellent questions, Dave. I don't think I can do a cartwheel. I haven't <laughs> attempted a cartwheel in quite some time. I would not attempt a cartwheel. I see very little upside there. I see a whole lot of downside. I'm not doing the cartwheel. Um, I think back in my day, I probably could have done one, but no, I don't think I can now. I doubt it. Uh, so that's number one. I will say that was awesome, though. I did see that everywhere on social media last night. That was fantastic. Uh, what an awesome distraction and just fun, wow. you know? Um, there's no real purpose awesome. to it other than to get some social media love, I guess, and maybe distract the opponent. Uh, it works. As for, as for Maction on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, I love it. Uh, I love that it's on TV. I don't often watch it or watch much of it unless I'm going to be calling their games. Here's the deal, right? Thursday night, I'm in a hotel somewhere usually watching Thursday night football. Friday night, again, in a hotel, usually in my underwear, listening or watching high school football while I'm following high school football scores and play-by-play on Twitter because that's what you do if you know how to have a good time on a Friday night. <laughs> Saturday, I'm calling a game. Then I get back Saturday night, usually late, or maybe I get home and I'm I watch a game Saturday night. Sunday it's NFL all day. Monday night I'm either at the game or watching the game on TV. So I love you football, but Tuesdays and Wednesday nights I don't watch a whole lot of football yeah. or television at all. That is when I'm actually talking with my wife, asking her to stay married to me. Uh, despite the fact that I travel and watch as much football as I do during the fall. I, ex I, I feel the same way, but I'm surprised to hear that from you. I, I clearly don't love the game as much as you, but yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday nights are absolutely off limits in my house. I might catch a couple of minutes of college basketball or the NBA. And by the way, I have to mention now college basketball, Kentucky, a 25 point favorite loses to Evansville. Their former great Kentucky player, Walter McCarty coaching them. Holy cow, one of the biggest upset in the history of all of college sports, the Purple Aces of Evansville. Kentucky was 39-0 as an AP number one at home versus unranked non-conference teams. They had not lost as a number one against an unranked non-major since 1950. 
might be a sign of the times. Young teams take a while to come together still. At Rupp Arena, Kentucky, number one after beating Michigan State. This is one of the biggest upsets in the history of college basketball. I can't let it go, though. What can we do to get you to try a cartwheel? Is there anything we can do? Is there any enticement we can make? That would make for some great social media. Um, probably not. I'd be too concerned that I blow out my elbow or shoulder, and there's nothing you could offer me other than uh, you know maybe Deal and Don give me some of his flight hours on the Elway mobile. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be worth if Deal and Don gives me some flight hours, then yeah. uh then that then I would consider it. But that that's about it. Let me say this too. You missed a golden opportunity right there. When you said about Evansville beating Kentucky, did you say yeah. holy cow or holy cow? Ah, uh, I said holy cow. That would have been sweet though. I'm not that clever, bro. Holy, holy cow! I, at first, I thought you said "holy cow." I was like, "No, he's not that smart. He wouldn't have said no. that." Holy cow would no. have been amazing. I do love college hoops, especially in person. I love upsets. I think it's cool that Walter McCarty was able to go to Rupp Arena, the former Kentucky baller. And I remember when we were younger, Dave, there was a couple years there where Evansville would get like some upsets in the tournament. I remember the Purple Aces. Aren't they the dudes that like? Even in the 80s or the 90s, they had the the like the the t-shirt uniforms. I think Evansville wore like the t-shirt uniforms as opposed to like the tank top. Mm. They had like t-shirt uniforms, bunch of Indiana dudes just draining threes. I like it. The, the purple aces. Happy for those guys. Yes, like here's that, the thing. Yeah. Here's how I look at it. That is going to be an all-time memory for all of those young men for the rest of their life. Like the rest of their life, that will be a common bond. They took pictures after the game. Like they'll never forget the night in November of 19 when they did what nobody thought they could do and they went to Rupp Arena and they knocked off the mighty one. Like I I love shit like that. I love it. I'm so happy for those kids. What if I told you a 25-point underdog? Yeah, I, yeah, it's a 30-for-30 30 30 type of story. Hopefully they finish better than their 8th out of 10 teams projection. Then they might have a reunion about this 20 years from now. What, what just one of those things that makes college sports truly special. What a night it was for those boys and Walter they McCarty. They did. Our guy Joey, our, one of our millennials, producer Joey, has the old – Evansville uniform. They did have the uh, the T-shirt jersey before, like the wow. NBA did that, or like that was a thing. I remember Evansville rocking the T-shirt jerseys. <laughs> Those things are hideous, but what a beautiful win by the Purple Aces! All right, let's fast forward to Saturday when the NFL has set themselves a PR trap, washing their hands of Colin Kaepernick and saying, basically, it's on you, owners and GM. We want to give Colin Kaepernick a shot. It's on you if you show up. So there's a private workout for Kaepernick, who's been out of the league now just shy of three years. He turned 32 last week. All teams invited, and interviews are optional afterwards. How this went down is really not good. Reporters found out first, Kaepernick's team was told yesterday and given two hours to say yes or walk away. And it's on a Saturday when GMs and scouts are watching 19, 20-year-old college studs perform and see what their NFL future is like. Are they going to divert those plans to see a 32-year-old quarterback out of the game for three years? Well, probably not. But what happens if they don't? How will they be labeled if they don't? They talked about that this morning on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Sean and RJ show. Listen. I just talked to a Cowboy source. The Cowboys are evaluating attending the Saturday workout of Colin Kaepernick. It seems like a no-brainer to me. It seems like uh, the national report that suggests somebody in the Kaepernick camp 
says that all 32 teams will be there. That seems valid to me. As I said to somebody this morning at the Star, you know, how much does a flight to Atlanta cost? I mean, it's $300. Yeah. But you you, you got to go. Uh, you you got to go. You know, look at all the non-prospects that you go look at just in case. Look at all the evaluation you do on undrafted rookie free agents. Look at all the, the, the money and time you spend on seventh-round draft picks. Surely you got to spend a little time on this one, too. So it makes sense that the Cowboys are evaluating, and that, in fact, uh, has been confirmed by me by a source. Beyond that, we'll continue to work at it. Uh, I guess one of the questions is, what is there to evaluate? Uh, to me, there's three things. Football should be the priority. We all agree on that, right? Yes. It should be about football. Yes. Okay. Um, but after these three years that you just mentioned, it's impossible to talk about this story or write this story as much as either political side might want you to without bringing up optics <coughs> and without bringing up politics. So, Sean, you just touched on the optics, and, and you're suggesting maybe the whole reason for the workout is optics. Yes. How bad do you look if you don't go? Yes. You look you, terrible. You, 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 you will look, you'll look like a racist. You, your team will look like a, key, a racist organization if you don't go. And, you, and, and that might not be – maybe, that, maybe that's not fair. Maybe you've already made your evaluation and said, we, we don't like him as a player. That's possible. But in terms of optics, you've got to go. So spend your $300 and go to Atlanta. Great point there on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, Sean and RJ show. This is a PR stunt by the NFL to wash their hands of Colin Kaepernick. I've wanted him to get his shot for the last three years. 16 teams in the NFL have gone with the backup quarterback starting this season. That's more than all of last year. You're telling me Kaepernick isn't better than what we've seen from Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago, Jeff Driscoll last weekend with the Lions, Brian Hoyer last weekend throwing the ball all over the place to the wrong team with the Colts. Brandon Allen looked pretty good for the Broncos, but probably deserved a shot there. Matt Moore, who was coaching high school when the Kansas City Chiefs contacted him. Ross, do you like the way this looks by the NFL making this move on a Saturday, giving them two hours, telling them at the last second, and then basically washing their hands of it? And do you think anyone will take them up on it? Will he get a shot? Uh, I do think... Probably every team will be there in some capacity. There's been a lot of conversation about the fact that it's on a Saturday. I mean, Georgia plays Auburn on Saturday, and that's what, like an hour from Atlanta at 3.30? So if they have the workout at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, I would think that any scout that's going to go to the Georgia-Auburn game can watch Mm. Kaepernick first. Now, I believe that Kaepernick and his camp are going to be disappointed at the lack of head coaches and GMs that are there. Head coaches are getting ready for their game the next day. GMs are going to probably go to higher priority workouts or actually uh, college games that are a higher priority, but maybe there's a couple GMs that stop by if they're going to Georgia-Auburn. But like Mike Fisher said, I do think most, if not all, teams will be there. And at this point, he's just looking for any chance. So you can't turn it down. Show those teams what you can do. Everybody gets the video. Everybody gets a chance to watch his interviews afterwards. Do I think this makes a difference between a team signing him or not? No. I find it very curious by the NFL. And I said this earlier, Dave. I'll say it again. I I feel like there's really three possible motives One would be, this is some type of legal liability thing. Now, I would think when he settled the initial grievance against the NFL and got some amount of money, I would think a condition of that would be that he can't file an additional grievance. So I don't know about the the legal liability portion of it, but that seems like an option that's been thrown out there by people. Number two, probably the most likely scenario that you put out there, Dave, which is that this is some type of PR deal from the NFL, some type of publicity deal. I don't really know why the timing of it would be now. Uh, I I wonder a lot as to whether or not this has something to do with that whole Jay-Z initiative, you know, where Jay-Z's helping 
with social justice stuff as well as with NFL entertainment. And I wonder if one of the things Jay-Z really pushed for was a workout for Kaepernick and this is a way to placate Jay-Z. I'm curious about that. The last would be that the NFL feels like he deserves it, that he should get an opportunity to have a workout in front of all these teams that, that everybody watches. It's probably the least likely, if we're being honest. I think it's probably most likely the middle option, and I'm, I, I'm guessing Jay-Z has something to do with it. I do think it's initially a bad look by Kaepernick to say, can we do it on a later Saturday? I mean, I, I can just tell you, Dave, I had over 10 in-season workouts during my time as a player and usually get about 24 hours notice. Like, I don't know why he would want it on a later Saturday. I would want that workout ASAP so I can show everybody what I can do ASAP and hopefully get signed. So the request of a later Saturday is a little weird to me. And frankly, I think that there are some teams that will take and say, he doesn't really want it. Like, if he asks for a later Saturday, how bad does he really want it? Now, to his credit, he said, okay, I can't get it. I'm doing it anyway. I'm going. I'm showing what I can do. And I think he deserves a lot of kudos for that. I do think that he would be a better backup quarterback than some of the options out there. I know that there's something there with his girlfriend and the and something she said she posted about the Ravens owner, but I think he probably runs better than RG three at this stage and throws better. And he was in Greg Roman's offense in San Francisco. And that I think the Ravens should strongly consider it. The other teams you mentioned, Dave, we've talked about this before, you know, every decision you make, there's pros and cons and you do a cost benefit analysis, right? For those mm-hmm. other teams, I don't think they really look at him as a starter after three years off. I think that they look at him maybe as a a short-term backup solution, but not a young guy they're really developing. And frankly, at this stage of the season, unless you're in contention and you believe he'd be better than what you have, I, I don't really see a whole lot of reason to sign him at this point. You know, you can say, well, he's better than Jeff Driscoll, Okay, maybe. Is he better than Jeff Driscoll for the Lions this week? Probably not. So um, I I understand why teams don't sign him. Even if he is better than the backup, is he so much better than the backup that he's worth everything, all the scrutiny and attention and social media, everything that would go along with it? I think a lot of the teams have decided, no, he's not. Yeah, and and the all likelihood is if he does not get a shot, then the NFL can say, look, we did our due diligence here. We tried to give him a shot. We invited all the NFL teams. And then the story ends for Colin Kaepernick. I was, to be full disclosure here, I was never on his side because I wanted to see him say that he'll drop the salary demands. Initially, they were around that $15 million mark, at least according to reports, and wanted to start at an NFL team. But... So, so I was against him getting a shot because he didn't feel like a guy that deserved a starting role nor $15 million. But you wait, put a guy on the shelf for three seasons, late 20s and now 32, you're trying to end his career. The NFL does not want him on that sideline. And the NFL owners don't either. You know why? Because Donald Trump desperately needs a distraction right now. What happens today? What happens today is impeachment hearings start for the third time in my lifetime, for the second in yours, Nixon, Clinton, and now Trump. He wants a distraction from impeachment, and he is running for re-election. He would love nothing more than to stoke the flames of this story if some NFL team were to give him a shot. This would fire up his base. I put a poll out there yesterday. Do you want Colin Kaepernick playing for your NFL team? And it was something like 83% said no. This would stoke the base. This would fire them up. And now you're making me root for Kaepernick just like I did Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown had to wait seven freaking weeks to get an interview. I have a hard time defending what AB did, but he at least deserved an interview 
immediately, and Colin Kaepernick deserved this tryout several years ago, Ross. Yeah, and Ian Rappaport, we've got some new details, Dave. Ian Rappaport saying that the workout will be at the Falcons facility, and it begins at 3, interview is at 3.15, measurements, stretching, and warm-ups, then timing and testing, like it's a combine at 3.50, quarterback drills at 4.15, all parts recorded for 32 teams. This makes no sense to me. Uh, It made a lot more sense if it was in the morning before guys went to go scout the Georgia-Auburn game. And also, if it was in the morning, you might be able to get some coaches there or GMs conceivably But at this time, they're already in the hotel for the game for the next day. So I don't don't really get it. Yeah, just trying to see what time is that. That Georgia-Auburn game is at 3.30. Oh, dear God, Ross, what a great point. Because I thought this does make some sense from the standpoint that a lot of college football games are in the Atlanta area. You put it right up against the best opportunity for scouts in the region to see him, this does not look good for the NFL. I'm not convinced it happens right now. We shall see with just a couple of days before it if this can blow up. Speaking of quarterbacks that are getting older, not as mobile as they once were, what about a 30-year-old, Cam Newton? What's his future in the NFL? Could he be back in Carolina? Or what about those teams we mentioned? What about the Chicago Bears? We'll talk with our friend Frank Garcia, former NFL offensive lineman, now a host of WFNZ in Charlotte, after a quick break here. What is the future of Cam Newton in Carolina, or is it elsewhere? Could it be Chicago? The 30-year-old quarterback has a $19 million cap number this year, shut down for the rest of the regular season with that Liz Franck injury. Let's talk about it with Frank Garcia, former NFL offensive lineman, now host at WFNZ in Charlotte. Frank, good to talk to you. It's Dave Briggs. It's Ross Tucker. Want to get all into Cam Newton, but what do you make of the NFL holding a pro day for 32-year-old Colin Kaepernick at 3 o'clock on a Saturday in Atlanta? Yeah, you know, everybody's going to you know want to see what this guy is able to do and uh, if he still has a little bit of gas left in the tank. And you know, obviously, he's a talented guy. Uh, you know, the distractions aside, can he still play is going to be the biggest question. It's been three years. So, um, you know, when he played last, he did all right. Uh, he, he had some success, maybe not the success that the Niners wanted him to have, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can still sling it around. And, uh, you know, as Ross knows, that soreness and then, you know, how, how quickly that goes away because, uh, you know, there's nothing you can really do to prepare for the game outside of football. While we're on that topic, Frank, uh, can Cam Newton still play? You know, Ross, that's a great question, buddy, because I'm going to tell you, um, you, don't get, you don't get younger or feel better as you get older in this league. And it's, uh, it's becoming a pattern, unfortunately, with Cam, um, you know, with it, whether it's his shoulder, now his foot you know, his ankle, there's a lot of different injuries that are starting to surmount. And we're talking about a quarterback that plays the position differently than anybody else and has played the position. If, if we took the, the QB away from Cam and put an RB in front of it, you know, we'd be talking about, man, I mean, he's, he's getting near the end of his career. But the fact that he has that QB and we see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and what they're doing into their 40s, you know, we expect this guy to go out there and, and be able to bounce back. I mean, that's going to be up to Cam. Physically, uh, you know, whether he wants to, but emotionally, you know, those things are going to factor into this as well, because these guys are making generational type of money. And, um, you know, that's where, you know, only Cam can answer that question. But I do think that he's done here in Carolina. Got a $19 million cap number next season. Ian Rappaport reports that Cam would, quote, welcome a trade to the Bears if they're in the market for a quarterback this offseason. Do you sense that he still has the hunger. Let's set the talent aside. Does he have the hunger to go to a new place and start over? I think that's probably going to be what he would crave the most is a new start. You know, you get stagnant being in one place and you feel like you maybe have done everything you can, you know, with that organization. You have an MVP, you took him to a Super Bowl. 
you know, the thing that Cam's always wanted to be is an icon and an entertainer. He made that statement very clear. Uh, you know, the way that he can conduct himself, he carries his business. He likes the attention. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, a lot of times a fresh start is what new, what guys need. And, you know, that may be what, uh, you know, what Cam needs. I, I remember a guy, you know, Kerry Collins kind of making that same, you know, a statement and, uh, you know, here with the Panthers early in the nineties when him and Dom Capers kind of had that, uh, falling out and, uh, he, he needed a new start. He ended on having a 17 year career, you know, went to, you know, several different teams, but had a lot more success maybe with the Giants and the Raiders than he, and the Titans than he did here with the Panthers. So, you know, for Cam, he's had a ton of success. Um, I could very easily see him in LA, you know, play, maybe playing for the Chargers down in Miami, for the Dolphins, or even Chicago in one of these bigger markets where he can go out there and uh, establish a bigger and more, uh, you know, more, you know, a bigger and better brand. Frank, it sounds like you think he wants to go somewhere else and the Carolina Panthers are ready to move on. I mean, if that's the case, then this should be a done deal, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what you would think. And, uh, you know, Ross, you know this as well as I do. And, you know, I'm sure that Dave does as well that, uh, you know, this is uh, about how much you can get and maybe what you're asking. And, um, you know, how hot of a commodity is he? Um, I think there's a lot of people that are probably waiting to see, you know, what this injury looks like, if he's going to be able to bounce back, if he wants to play football. You know, those are the questions I'm sure that a lot of people are asking right now. And, um, you know, the doctors are going to determine that Cam's ultimately going to have the final say, um, you know, but when you start looking at the money and factoring all the other things into it, I mean, it's a no brainer to me if you're the Carolina Panthers, when you have other guys that you need to pay like Bradbury, like Shaq Thompson, you know, guys that, you know, maybe Christian McCaffrey here in the near future, finding a left tackle, those things cost money. And when the guy that, uh, you know, may not be able to do what he was able to do in 2015, can't recreate that. And you're making the lion's share of the money. Um, your, your team's not going to get any better. So, you know, that position has to make guys around them better if you're going to have sustained success. You know, just look at what Tom Brady's done. You know, uh, you know guys like that. I know not everybody's Tom Brady, but um, you, you, if you're going to make the lion's share of the money and eat up the cap, then you better be able to produce like that. Talking to Frank Garcia, former NFL offensive lineman, now host of WFNZ in Charlotte. You can catch them anytime on the radio.com app. Frank, a lot of this depends upon what the Carolina Panthers think they have in Kyle Allen. We talked to the folks from Pro Football Focus earlier, where he grades as the 31st best quarterback in the NFL right now. What do you think they have? And do the Panthers think they've found their next starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, Trent Dilfer uh, has evaluated him. He's seen him up close. You know, he didn't think that he was a franchise quarterback, but you know, I guess my argument would be, who would you rather have, you know, playing quarterback for you, Jake DeLome or Jay Cutler or Jeff George, if we want to go back a little bit further. I mean, these guys are franchise guys. They have cannons for an arm, but maybe the teams don't follow those players as well as they do the leadership of what you did with a guy like Jake or even Trent Dilfer himself that won a championship with the Ravens. So, you know, I think that's the things that they're still kind of factoring into it. I mean, right now, let's say this team goes 9-7, and seven, which I think is very realistic. You know, he would have a 9-5 and five record as a starting quarterback this year. If you ask any other rookie those expectations, that's pretty good. Um, you look at what he's able to do. We evaluate that position as fans on the outside maybe a little differently than the coaches and the GMs do on the inside. They hold each player accountable for what their responsibilities are, making the right reads, getting rid of the ball on time, clock management, organizing, you know, all the things that, you know, that, that, that goes into playing that position, distributing the football equally to all your players, finding your playmakers, leadership, you know, the things that all that we can't really count for with pro football focus. And those are the things that they see in that locker room. Are the guys playing for them? Are they fighting for them? Are they giving 100% effort for them? And, you know, ultimately it comes down to whether he can make the plays and the throws. I think Green Bay he, was probably his best game. They had every opportunity to make it. He might not be the most athletic guy, He's got to learn to work within the pocket, but those things come with experience. Those things come with time. And I think that, uh, you know, those are going to be things that uh, the Panthers are still evaluating with him as the season goes along. Yeah, I got to tell you, Frank, uh, Dave and I kind of disagree on I, I like everything I've seen from Kyle Allen so far. I mean, do I think he's the best quarterback ever? Maybe not, but he's an undrafted kid that has stepped into a situation. They played very well. I thought, even Sunday in the snow in Green Bay was overall a favorable evaluation of him. 
I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I think they have a better record than they would if they had Cam in there. I, I don't really see what the problem is. I, you know, I'm not ready to commit to Kyle Allen on a five-year, $100 million deal, but to me, he certainly has earned the right to not only start the rest of this year, but based on how that goes, maybe at least compete to be the guy next year. I completely agree with you, Ross. I mean, he's a guy that I put myself in under center. You know, you probably put yourself over there at tackle and say, God, would I fight for this guy? Would he, would, would he command my, my respect? And the answer is absolutely yes. He's done everything that's been asked of. He's a guy that goes out there that stepped up to the challenge when he's been asked to. He's been a leader of this team. This team fights for him. You know, he's getting his playmakers the ball and Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. And sometimes, you know, when you're not paying that guy, you can build in other places and strengthen the core of the team. And I think that's what the Panthers will have an opportunity to do if they decide to go forward with Kyle Allen as their quarterback. I think he's done everything they've asked as an undrafted guy. He's a rookie, per se, because of his inexperience coming into a situation um, where a lot of people probably discarded him and saying the Panther season is done and he's winning you know, football, t- football games. Um, it's going to be – you know, interesting to see how you know he plays against the Falcons and the Saints. You know, coming up, but right now, uh, up to this point, you know, I think he's he's uh, you know stood his ground formidably and uh, done everything that's asked of him. So I think he's earned himself another chance to at least compete for that job next year. And you know, that's what the draft is for, and maybe even free agency if they feel like that they don't have that guy. I like everything about Kyle Allen. I don't love it. And for me, it's about if I'm dating a girl, is she worthy of a ring? And if I'm an NFL team, is he going to win me a ring? Therein lies my distinction with Kyle Allen between some of the other guys. But want to move on to the Panthers uh, this past weekend against Green Bay. A, a tough, gutty performance. But did Aaron Jones expose the Achilles heel? Is it the run defense? Absolutely. I mean, I think if you're going to look at this team and ask the reason why they're losing games, it's about matchups. You know, I made the point this morning on, on the, my show that, you know, when you start looking at, you know, where this team is at, this team is not built to maybe compete against the San Francisco 49ers or the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau when it's 10 degrees outside. Uh, they're, 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 they've changed defenses. Luke Keekley has been maybe um, shuffled and put behind a little bit because of the scheme change. Um, you know, you're having guards on him right away, those types of things. But this run defense is sub- suspect at best. I think they're 28th in the league, you know, as, as far as yards per game. Uh, I think they're near to the end of uh, last, uh, you know, 32nd when it comes to red zone touchdowns. Um, you know, they've given up more rushing touchdowns than any other team. So if you can't stop the run in this league, um, you're going to have a tough time. In the last three games, they've given up 550 yards around, around there and, and 10 touchdowns. You have to be able to stop the run. You know, that being said, they play in a division where teams throw the ball everywhere. And you look at the Falcons and you look at the Saints and you, know, you look at those two teams. Uh, this team has gotten more pressure on quarterbacks than they have, but, uh, you know, they haven't been able to stop the run. And I think that's ultimately going to bite them in the butt. Frank, I want to go back to Cam for a second. Um, you know, last time I saw him play, I think it was a Thursday night game maybe or a Monday night game. He finished the game. I mean, he didn't play great, but he looked – healthy to me he looked okay next thing you know they're like uh his foot's bothering him then he doesn't play it's like two months later now there's talk of maybe having surgery there's he's not going to play this year unless he's a hundred percent like what what have you felt what is the deal with his health because you know the deal usually if you finish a game you're probably healthy enough to at least give it a go the next week. Meanwhile, we haven't even seen this guy again. He's done. You know, Ross, I mean, I can't answer for him personally, but I can put myself in his shoes and know that if I'm hurting the team and I come to that reality or that realization that I'm hurting the team, then I might be better off, you know, to take a step back. I don't know if that's the way he processed that final game or not, but I agree with you. He looked like – after the game, to me, he looked like he was mentally defeated. And I've not seen that look out of Cam. I mean, we can put the towel over the head and, you know, the disappointment and those type of things. But, you know, injuries are tough, you know, to, to come back from over and over. And this is another one. This is a guy that's overcome a car accident, had shoulder surgery and had ankle surgery. He doesn't like to get surgery. And then coming to that realization is that, 
this is bothering me. I, I'm hurting the team. I want to be out here for them, but I'm hurting them more than I'm helping them. And, uh, you know, having that conversation with a coach, you know, is, is you know, a difficult, you know, difficult thing to have for a competitor. But I think that maybe that's where Cam, you know, came to the conclusion that uh, he's just not right. He can't go. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just time for a change because of you know, all the things that he's gone through here. Last question, Frank, as it relates to Cam and Kyle Allen, for that matter, who's making the decision there in Carolina? I mean, is it Ron? Is it Marty Herney? Or is this an ownership decision with the new owner and David Tepper? You know, that's a great, great question, Ross, because it, we, we're so unknown with Tepper and how he's going to be as an owner. We all think that he's coming from this pedigree, you know, with the Steelers, that he's going to be patient and he's going to – we don't know. I mean, we know, you know, he's made billions of dollars being an aggressive businessman and taking chances and taking risks and he wants to be successful. We know those things. But what does that equate to as far as his interaction, you know, with the coaching staff or the general manager? They're not his guys, um, you know, but has, have they done a good job? I think they have. You ask any quarterback or any coach or, or GM, you know, what their record it might be starting the season after you lose your starting quarterback, you're going you're gonna to have a tank season. The Panthers have continued to fight. They haven't given up on Ron, minus the, the Niner game. They bounced back the week after. I think that's an att- a testament to, to Ron. Um, you know, Marty Herney finding, you know, Kyle Allen is a testament to, you know, him finding a diamond in the rough potentially. Maybe not going to be a franchise guy, but a guy that can play and play well when asked to uh, and, and be consistent. Um, you know, what he's going to be held accountable for or maybe the run defense and some of those decisions they made to change the scheme on the defensive side. But ultimately, I think that if you're the Carolina Panthers, there's still a lot of time left to figure out, you know, where this organization is going to go and what direction they're going to go with. If they continue to fight and compete, I think Ron's safe. I think Marty's safe. If they fall off the planet and, you know, end up six and 10, you know, something like that, then, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a, a, probably a different discussion at the end of the year. Frank Garcia, former NFL offensive lineman, last question is, I don't know if you saw it late last night, 6'5", 275-pound offensive lineman for Ohio did a cartwheel on the field at the snap on Tuesday night football. At your peak, in your prime, could you do a cartwheel? I could do a cartwheel right now at 47 years old, and, I, and you're, you're sitting right next to a guy that is probably one of the more athletic guys. He might be able to do a backflip. So these big, these big hoss, hoss honking guys, uh, we're not as big and fat as we seem. We're, we're a little bit more athletic than you give us credit for. <laughs> not true. Ross Tucker refused to try one and said he can't do it. I don't want to blow Ross? out my elbow. I'm taking no chances of blowing out my elbow or shoulder to entertain this goofball. <laughs> I can completely understand that's a good decision, Ross. We're probably too old for that stuff. Dude, if you do it on social media, we would love to see that here on Home and Home. Frank Garcia, WFNZ. Follow him at Frank Garcia 65 Great pleasure having you. Come back and hang out with us, Frank. Anytime, guys. I appreciate you. Thanks, All right, Frank. thanks, brother. Come on, yeah, Ross. No you can do it, buddy. You can Come on, do Ross. it. No, I don't think so. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Quite possibly the stupidest way to cheat in Major League Baseball is to, well, set up a camera out in center field, steal the signs, bang on a garbage drum somewhere near the tunnel to tip off the batter. But that's what the Houston Astros were apparently doing in the 2017 season. That's according to Mike Fires, former Astros pitcher who talked to the athletic, gave that scoop to them, and now... The Astros and Major League Baseball are investigating the situation. That's why, if you're on Twitter, Astros cheat is trending. Somebody who actually found the evidence, and you can see it 
on YouTube right now. Check out the channel John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y Media on YouTube. Breaks it down perfectly. You can see it. You can hear it. You can feel how the whole situation played out for the Astros in 2017. Let's talk about it with Jimmy O'Brien from John Boy. Jimmy, thanks for coming on the program with us. Tell us what you found. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I found that the Astros kind of cheat with videos. And not to say they're the only team doing it, but I think there's a reason they're the only team being outed by others. And I don't know what that is, and I'm really curious to find out. I don't know if they're so blatant about it or they're so arrogant the way they go about it, but it's pretty clear. If you go back and, and watch any game uh, at Minute Maid Park in 2017 – uh, in, in later innings, you will hear banging for four off-speed pitches, and you won't hear it for fastballs. And it's too—it happens too quick for it not to involve technology, uh, especially with no runners on base. It has to be a camera that's looking, because how else could they get the simple sign? And some people want to say, well, maybe he was pitching his tipping his pitches. It, you don't have 100% accuracy with a guy who's tipping his pitches. You do when you have a camera looking at the catcher's fingers. John Boy, does it bother you, or do you say all, all's fair in love and war? No, no. I love uh, picking up on a pitcher's tells. I think that's part of the game. The Astros did that with glass now, and I, I, I you know, uh, applaud them for that. Like, that's good baseball. That's fun. But sticking a camera on the catcher's fingers and then having – a guy in the hallway with a bat in his hand. Think about that guy's job. That's kind of funny. He's just there with a bat all day, just all right, one bang, two bangs, and doing it. Like That's not in the nature of like good competitiveness in any way. So I, I really think that they need to clean this up. I don't think they will have harsh penalties, but it would be cool if they had a harsh penalty and, and the Astros would have to fall on the sword and they'd be the scapegoat and the guinea pig and made an example of. But let's uh, put an end to this because it kind of it kind of sucks for the, for baseball. Well, the Red Sox and the New York Yankees were also fined for lesser infractions, but still related to stealing signs in the 2017 season. Of course, it's the Astros that won the World Series that season, and they were fantastic at home in the playoffs, eight and one. What they're saying what they're saying is that they didn't do it in the postseason. Your evidence, and, and I'm going to play for you what it sounded like on your YouTube video when they wanted to tip off the batter. Folks, listen now. Here is the sound that happened when it was an off-speed pitch. Fastball outside. So quick. Two signs. Geared up for the fastball. Fouls it off. Next pitch. Change up. Bang, bang. That sequence is so upsetting. There's no way that is done without technology. How fast they get the bangs after the sign goes down. Watch it again. So it's a loud banging when if it's an off-speed pitch, a change, or a curve. At the plate was Evan Gaddis. Did you find any more evidence than this one at bat? Did you find anything in the postseason or other instances yet? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's... uh... I put that on Twitter and underneath it, I put a string of other home instances in 2017. I was doing it late last night. I'll continue to do it because I've been told to continue to do it by people who want this story uh, to change things in baseball. And I've, I've been told uh, that to check the, the postseason and an ulterior method because they couldn't hear the bat banging because the crowd was so loud and maybe watch the batter's eyes and see where they go before the pitch is being thrown. So I'm going to get into that. I'll have some fun with it and become a little internet detective here uh, before I move on, move on, but it is the off season. So I have time to do this. Told by who Told? John boy. Uh, I can't say that, but I there's there. This is, this is high up and there's a lot of people high up that are really upset by this and really happy that it came out and the videos out there and that uh, I, people hate the Astros, man. I don't know why. Well, that leads Here's to my next question because to have, you know, the athletics pitcher now fires, like 
Well, I mean, it's rare for a guy that benefited from it and was on the team to be willing to call them out. What does that say about the Astros? And what do you think? Is there any kind of, you know, uh, snitches get stitches retribution for fires among baseball players? I would guess so, yeah. But but Farquhar went on the record as well um, as an opposing pitcher saying, yeah, definitely something there. I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure a lot of teams do this, but it's interesting why people are just ready to make the Astros the big bad guy within baseball. They, there's got to be some attitude or they've, they're doing it more or more often or more in your face than others. You know, when Pineda had the pine tar back in Boston, the Red Sox were like, that was too obvious. Come on. Maybe that's what this banging is. They're like, that's, you got to be a little sneakier than this. But I don't, I don't know why why the Astros are, are the only team really getting this out there. I don't know why fires were on the record, but he seemed to not like it at all. And uh, I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty damning. It is. Talking to Jimmy O'Brien, John Boy Media really did some excellent detective work on this. I took it a step further, though, Jimmy, and I looked at road home splits for the 2017 Astros. Here's what I can't figure out. They had a five-point better average on the road. 11 points better slugging percentage. They hit more home runs, 16 more home runs on the road than at home. And that's a hitter-friendly park. And 10 more RBI on the road. Almost every offensive category was better for the Houston Astros on the road that season. What, what does that tell you? Are they bad cheaters? And what do you think Major League Baseball should do? I think that tells you they're a good team and they probably don't need to do this. And it's not really the results that are getting them in trouble. It's just the actions in the video that I showed Gaddis strikes out, uh, but it, you can hear the banging. It's clear. And I think there were reports that some players liked it and some players didn't like it. So um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know about those road home splits. I don't know. They're, um, they, they have to benefit from this at times, and it's, it seems clear they were doing it. So I'm not, I'm not sure what to make of that. But they are a good team. I'm trying to take that away. They have a lot of really good players. I don't think baseball is going to do anything, man, because baseball doesn't do anything ever. So it would be cool if they kind of said enough is enough. We're going to tighten up the rules, and we're going to put some harsh penalties out here. Um, I don't think anything should be rescinded just because I think that doesn't help anything moving forward. Who cares? But I'd like, I'd like MLB to come out with a firm stance. I don't think they will. I think it's going to be we'll keep it in-house and maybe some fines. Wow. That's really interesting because it's kind of uh, the opposite of the Patriots who got pretty heavy sanctions from the NFL, and it was pretty public. So that'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm just curious, Jimmy, this is the last one for me, just about John Boy Media um and what all you do because obviously um i'm assuming you do more than just try to find cheating videos so uh and if that is what you do that's an awesome job man that'd be very cool tell me about john boy media yeah i i quit my job a couple years ago Uh, i was doing uh yankees uh podcast and yankees content as a hobby and then i took it full time so for two years we just did uh yankees talking yanks if you're a yankees fan check it out and then uh, this season, I decided to start doing these breakdown videos on a national level. We started to make a, uh, a baseball podcast just covering the entire league. And uh, now we have a growing business that's uh, doing pretty well. And these moments have gotten our content into the hands of people that you kind of step back and you're like, wow, the Internet goes a lot of places. So it's we're growing. We're a company. We have like 14 podcasts on the network. I make make videos like this. A lot of them are just silly and fun. And then sometimes I make one and I'm like, I think that's journalism. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know really what's going on. But we're having a lot of fun and just trying to entertain people. I'll tell you what, Jimmy, before I'd even read the athletic story, I got a text from a good friend that said, you got to check out John Boy Media and the evidence of cheating that they have up on YouTube. So people are onto it and you're doing some terrific work. We really appreciate the time today on Home and Home. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.
really cool information, an awful scandal, but check them out, John Boy Media on YouTube. Ross, I, I was bummed out to hear him say that he doesn't think that Major League Baseball will do anything. They got to hit them hard. It's got to be a massive fine, and it's got to include draft picks. I'm talking a first or a second round draft pick here. Well, if they don't, then what message are you sending? I mean, if, if they don't hit yeah. them hard, then they're not disincentivizing other teams from trying to do stuff like this. Like That's the whole point of punishment is that you're trying to get people to stop doing it in the future because the punishment is too severe. If it's a slap on the wrist, other teams will try it. And you know what? You might as well because the repercussions aren't really that bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, you've, you've heard me say this on air. I, I don't even care if NFL players are using human growth hormone or whatever they got to do to rebound from that brutal game. This is different. This robs the integrity of the game. And I think this is also different than I know you hated, you rooted against the Astros in the World Series because of the Brandon Taubman assistant GM thing where he was taunting some female reporters in the clubhouse about Roberto Osuna, the guy who had some domestic abuse issues in his past. This makes me dislike that team because I want to hear from the players now. This impacts all of your integrity. And if I am host, if I am Altuve, if I am Correa, if I am any of the excellent players on the Astros, uh, I want to speak up now, defend my credibility. All of them should go on record, especially you, Evan Gaddis. Evan Gaddis, you have been busted in that YouTube video from John Boy Media. You need to answer this publicly. Do you have any credibility at all? Ugly, ugly incident for Major League Baseball. Great detective work. Quick break. When we come back, some more brilliant detective work. A Reddit user found a correlation between James Harden of the Houston Rockets, Harden's road struggles, and you guessed it, strip clubs. That's when we come back after a quick break here on Home and Home. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <laughs> 